0: Welcome to Exposed. Real people, real stories, uncensored. You'll hear it all, as well as secrets from your host, Samantha X. Hello, Anita. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, I'm joined by Anita temetsky Anita is my friend, but she's also a human behavior expert and speaker. She's certified in NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming, isn't it, Anita? Two two. Integral semantics theory and the Enneagram personality type. Anita's passion is relationships and our unconscious human behavior that often gets in the way of success in dating and relationships. And poor Anita, I've spent her ear enough times about my dismal relationships (laughs) she's also my relationship coach poor Anita and has helped me navigate dating during my Samantha years and out of it and I really love Anita she's a straight shooter she tells us how it is and not how we think it is and we have coffee most mornings and we watch the world go by in Bondi Beach and uh, we discuss all this kind of stuff don't we
1: we do. How you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here, really excited and really happy to be doing this with you. We've done so much outside of this kind of work and yeah. to do something officially on camera. I think our, our conversation should. Should be recorded every day. I think so. so. We
0: we (laughs) really, I mean, most people meet for a coffee and they can't talk in the morning. We talk about the deepest and we check out the hot men as well. And we
1: do. (laughs) It's all all about balance. (laughs)
0: Um, So you're a human behaviourist. Not everyone will know what a human behaviourist is. What is a human behaviourist? And tell us how
1: you got there. Yes. So my version of human behaviour, the expertise in it, is actually quite different to what people may think. So the expertise in this type of work is actually in the not knowing rather than the knowing. What do you mean by that? So as I have a client in front of me, I never assume that I know what's going on for them. Okay. So the expertise is actually in the asking of the questions. Right. So let's say,
0: you know, I come to you as I have, um, and I say to you, I'm really struggling to meet someone. What would you then assume? That I'm surely that's I'm struggling to meet someone.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't assume anything other than what you've told
0: me. Okay. So yeah. I'm struggling to meet someone. You know, I was a sex worker. I've really struggled since
1: then. So what I would say to you is what exactly are you struggling yourself with? Right. Meeting someone. Okay. And so how are you struggling in that?
0: Well, then I'll probably say, and I probably have said to you, um, I'm just not meeting anyone.
1: Okay. And I'll say anyone at all. <laughs> right. Okay. And then we go down to, well, actually, no, there was, a- okay, right. I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So yeah. Yeah. So, so what this work is really about, it's people come into this work because they think they have a problem that they know about. Your problem isn't about relationships. Yeah. And so what it's about is what we discover through the process. So what can happen for people is they actually start to discover that maybe they're running judgment maybe they're running perfectionism so you're saying maybe we just expect perfection we can do right. yeah yeah maybe we don't actually believe that we deserve a relationship maybe we've got self-worth issues so are you saying that if i that it's my fault absolutely not okay no so what i'm saying is we have all got wounds that we formed in childhood that run us our whole lives even
0: a subconscious unconsciously Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, so
1: whether you're not worthy, whether you're not lovable, whether you don't feel safe, right? Yeah, whether you don't feel like you belong. So, there's a number of wounds that are available to us from an early yeah, age. Yeah, thanks, mum and dad. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> mum and dad. Yeah. It's, it's mum and dad. It's the environment. It's you know your experiences at school. So this is the really important thing to say because some people, you know, some people will happily want you know retell the stories of what happened from their parents but others will be like I don't want to blame my parents yeah I had a great childhood and it's not about whether you had a great relationship with your parents we are born into this world As soon as we have the ability to start to think and self-talk, we have the ability to have struggles and not have struggles. So we're in this constant polarity of of good times and bad times from a very young... People think kids are just happy. Well, they're not. They're the same as us because they're learning from us.
0: Okay. So if I say, well, I mean, I'm 49. I can't blame my parents At the age of 49 for for my issues,
1: surely. You can't blame your parents, but you also can't blame yourself. Right. Because, well, you can blame yourself and you might blame yourself. But the more that you blame yourself, the less you actually get to understand why you're not having relationships. Whereas the more you can understand why you may not be choosing to have relationships, the more you might find some compassion for yourself that has got some, you know, trauma, let's call it, that is still being lived Right. It, yeah. I mean, you're right now. with the
0: compassion. I'm very hard on myself. Yeah. I know a lot of people are hard on yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So is that? So tell us why dating is so hard these days, or is it hard? Are we making it harder? Why is it? <laughs> why? What? It is hard. I mean, I'm not the only person in the world to say that. I mean, I can use my background as an escort. Oh well, you know, I'm an escort. Therefore, it's hard. But it's hard for everybody. Yeah. Why?
1: So I'm not going to give the traditional answer that most people will give in this seat, which is dating apps have made the world so much harder to, to yeah. find partners than that. So, so really, the, the way that I look at it is relationships have never been easy. We've just changed in the way that we do relationships now. So back in the day, relationships, people might have stayed in them because that's that was what was seen it's as more acceptable. Yeah. yeah, we got into relationships where there was, you know, back in the day, the man, let's say traditionally was the breadwinner. The woman wasn't necessarily happy, but her role was to be the, the the mother, the housewife. And the two come together and they believe that they should stay together because that's what's expected. So traditional, you know. So it's tradition. Men don't want to lose half their money. yeah. Yeah, women don't want the uncertainty, the unsafe. They might not have work, they might, they might not have, have careers. Not have yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kids, men always worry about losing the kids as well. Exactly. So they stay all for the that. kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of that plays out. And I think what's happening now is what's happening is humanity is evolving as it should. Mm. Exactly, it, how perfectly. So? How so? Well, it's like we, it's like we're realizing now that the construct of marriage as it traditionally was is not working anymore. It's like we've hit this ceiling of going, we're not going to necessarily stay in relationships anymore just for the sake of staying in them. We're now starting to break out of this, but there's this resistance to breaking out of it because we still have this narrative running that we should be getting married, that that's what Mm. we should be doing. Mm. So it's like, you know, if we could just see that times are changing now then we might give ourselves less of a break of like trying to find someone. And it's so hard because I can't find someone. Cause what's happening is we're coming together as men and women or, you know, whatever women and mm-hmm. women, men and men, whatever genders we've got out there now. And we're, we're less likely to start actually really getting to know each other on that level. Cause a lot of the time we're already going in with this pre- preconceived idea, dating apps are shit you say something that's offended me within the first two minutes, so I'm not going to get uh, offended. That's quite easily done. Yeah. Quite easily <laughs> done. Or not even in, in the face of meeting someone, but even on a dating app through yeah. conversation. Oh, I like The well, way he uses emojis. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting offended. He's making sexual innuendos or, you know, she's just a crazy bitch, what, whatever it is. And it's kind of like we're going into these situations with these preconceived ideas and notions mm. of the narrative that we're all speaking about outside of dates. So it's like we're already going into these situations. So basically we're all fucked up. We are all you know, a a little bit, let's say, unaware of ourselves. That's what I would say. And so when we say what's the biggest issue in relationships, in dating, is our lack of self-awareness. And that can sound really harsh. And this is said with complete compassion for humanity. But we we don't know ourselves. But you'd think just scrolling through Instagram, there are
0: loads of, you know, self-aware gurus proclaiming to be, you know, um, experts of self-awareness. And there's so many people that we just, you know, listen to online, yet yeah. we seem to be worse than ever. We're well, not worse than ever, but as less informed than ever. Is yeah. that right?
1: And I think that that's the thing. It's like, there's a lot of information out there, but this work takes time and it takes effort. And some people will choose to educate themselves through watching the gurus and all the rest of it, which is great. From my perspective, the best help you can get for yourself is to go and sit in the face of a professional. Because you're only going to see a certain aspect of yourself through the eyes of the gurus. They're not sitting in front of you asking you the questions about you. They're giving a more broad, generalised view. So if you're taking on what they're saying, you may get snippets of yourself within that. But there's a lot more that an expert is going to see to ask you the questions so that you can find your own answers rather than just what's being said on the internet. Okay. So if dating apps don't work, why are they so popular still?
0: Are we not, like I've been on Hinge. I dibble dabble into it. I know I've told you my stories yeah. and yeah you know I never really meet anyone on there but I'm still addicted to to, 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 to being on there in fact I have yeah. just canceled my subscription I'm not spending $53 a month on you on nothing yeah $53 really? a month yep yep
1: oh, yeah yep. so the question is to you then Amanda yes what is it about dating because I'm not on them so I can't right. answer this so for you what what's what's What do you get from those apps in those moments that you are on
0: I guess I get validation and I get an ego boost if someone likes me. And I'm also intrigued, you know, and I scroll, 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 scroll. Oh, he's cute. And then I think, I'm not going to like him. I'll wait till he comes to me and they might not come to me. But I just get, I get validation. But it's very
1: surface level because... But just hear that. Don't don't discount what you've just said. Right. So if your question to me is why do people use dating apps? You're not the first person that has told me that answer. It's not the answer that I would would know because I'm not on them and I don't right. you know I don't engage in them. but I've heard other people say that they have no intention of meeting up with the person but they get that bit of it's a bit like likes on on on, on Instagram it's the yeah. same thing it's a like on a but uh, do we not really want to meet anyone is that what it is or are do, we scared do, do you want to really meet oh, someone? I
0: don't <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is one of our coffees um I don't know because if someone really if someone has been nice on there and does want to meet and I'm just like I, I don't even respond I don't know how to respond because I actually don't think I do really want to meet. Okay. And I personally, I need to meet, I need to be in someone's energy yeah. to know whether I like them or not, okay. you know, and I'm very quick to say no on, on dating apps because no, I don't, you know, I don't like his shirt or I don't like okay. his okay. tooth or I yeah. don't like yeah. the fish he holds up you okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 or, you know, I don't like, the. But, but, but I think that's more of a f- coming from a place of fear for me. Okay. And what's that fear of? Well, I guess if you really break it down in true Anita style, that would be a fear of being rejected. Okay. You know, or a fear of losing go. myself in a relationship, okay. losing my independence.
1: Okay. And how I do feel you feel like, know. oh, i Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how do you know that that might happen to you?
0: Well, it's happened in the past. There you go. You know. There you go. Okay. so what, So let's say I'm coming to you as a coaching client. Yeah. Then where would you take me? So someone's just said that to you. Then where do you go? So it's about
1: looking at that and going deeper into that. Okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm not we're not gonna sit here and do the whole coaching session, but it's you know, it's a it's a (laughs) (laughs) twofold. We ain't got enough time. (laughs) But it's about it's about looking at that and delving deeper into all of that stuff. You know, what what does losing yourself mean to you? What does what does independence even mean? You know, a lot of the time people talk about freedom. I'm gonna lose my freedom or I want financial freedom. And we have this perception that freedom exists outside of us. And so this is where we then go to freedom only exists in your mind. So you can only feel like you've lost your independence or you've lost yourself in a relationship through what you tell yourself. You could go into a relationship and tell yourself, this is the best experience of your life. You're being loved. You feel free because finally someone's seeing you and you're having a great time. So it's all about how are you talking to yourself and because there's a lot of judgment, as we can see, running for you. It's going back and learning, you know, really seeing how did that judgment all come about for you? Where's that all started? Mm. So this work isn't just we sit here and have a, you know, this is deep work that that mm. takes It is deep and it's confronting. It's yeah, I remember confronting. when we had our
0: sessions, it's confronting. There were yeah. a few tears on my part. Yeah. I see a lot of people who are unhappily married or, or in relationships they feel they're stuck in. Why are people so unhappy in their relationships?
1: So again, okay, it comes back to our relationship with ourself. Yeah. And so again, it's like two people come together. And this is something that, you know, can sound a bit deep, but it's really true. So, So it's like two people come together, and they're incomplete. Yeah. They've got some wounds that are still running. You know, they've got some beliefs that they're unworthy, they're unlovable, they're unsafe, they don't belong. Whatever your choice of language is, you know, for whoever it is. And we're incomplete and we look for someone to complete us. So are you, are you, does that mean basically that unless you sort your shit out, you're not going to have a successful relationship? I mean, it depends on your measure of success in the first place. There's plenty of couples that do this work together. So it's not like we need to go and be completely sorted before we come into a relationship. Because no one ever is. No one ever is. It's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey. And so it's about, you know, it's about seeing, can I come together with this person? Am I choosing to come together with this person? And are we choosing together? To, to do this, to work on ourselves, to know that the illusion of this perfect relationship, and this is half the problem, we hold this vision that we're gonna meet this person that's gonna make us happy and it's all gonna be roses and blah, blah. It turns it's, to ships. Well, it's not true though, that's the thing. We hold this standard of what we expect someone to be and what we expect an experience to be, and we're just deluding ourselves. Right. If you, if we can that's go really into sad. this.
0: Well, I mean, some people. Myself, sometimes I, you know, I wish for Disney. I want yeah. the, the whole Hollywood Disney yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, some the one, the
1: one, and maybe there's yeah, no one, yeah. is there? I mean, it's not to say that the one is whatever you make it. So some people have a deep belief that there's a soulmate and they have their soulmate, mm-hmm. but that's again, that's their beliefs. And so it it's sad because of the traumas that we go through in our lives. That's what makes it sad for humanity. It doesn't have to be sad if we're prepared to come together and work together, you know, on this relationship or, you know, be in the relationship and get to a point where we realize that this isn't working anymore, but we can amicably be okay with that. And I was listening to someone the other day and it was so beautiful the way he worded it. He talked about being married for 20 years and he said, when we got married at the age of 20, I could have never imagined nor could she who I would be at the age of 40 and they got divorced at 40 and he said that journey for us both after the age of 40 was a space where she was able to grow I was no longer holding her back I was able to go and and choose a completely different career for myself and it's not necessarily that he felt that compassionate in the moment but because of all the work he's done on himself he looks back and says that divorce was my greatest achievement because of all I lo- all that I've learned from that experience and if you love someone set them free yeah mm. yeah it's like and if you love yourself set yourself free and stop painting yourself with how much you hate them because of what they've done to you mm. because it's like we've come together for a reason we've chosen each other and what can happen is once the honeymoon period's over all those things that we love about each other we can start to hate about mm. each other or mm. well, they say the thing that you're attracted you to your partner is a thing that turns you off in the end isn't it exactly yeah is marriage dead I would say, you know, and this is all of this to, to really, you know, to to put caveat on it is this is, I'm not talking about every single relationship because you're going to have people listening to this going, I've been happily married for this many years. But, and this is to say, this isn't about every single relationship. This is, you know, this is a majority of people though, for sure these days. So what I would say is the the traditional construct of marriage needs some shifting, for sure. Because this is the thing, the whole marriage construct, it's like it has a belief that everything is permanent. Mm. Life isn't permanent. Everything is actually temporary. And if we hold on to the permanence of a wedding day, of a contract, of getting married, that's Mm. when all this shit will really hit the fan. Unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Mm. So it's not to say don't do it, but it's to say, you know, Things can change. Who you are today in this moment could be so different tomorrow. So what's the answer? Live each moment as it is. Mm. Be in every moment as it is. Enjoy those moments with that person and be okay if your paths, you know, are no longer. You know, it's so no easily same same said, though. I and know. when you're
0: talking, I, when I was Samantha, and I used to, you know, see married men, and they would all say the same thing: they love their wives, but there's no intimacy, there's no sex. Yeah. They don't want to leave. They don't want to break up the family. They don't want to break up the kids. What would people think? The big people, yeah, massive. You know, what's yeah. your what In in your rela- experience as a human behaviourist, what's yeah. going on?
1: So, what I would say in that is, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that will you know, give us reason to stay. But what I would really say in those, if that's really true for you and you want to stay in it because you're concerned about what the people, and if that's really true, in theory, anyone can be with anyone if we work on ourselves enough. Because the, the more that we've worked on ourselves, the more we've seen our own stuff, the less triggered we will be by other people. That makes sense. Yeah. So the more, if we're really wanting to stay with them, then, 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 then do the work on that. And this is what I, I say to people as well. It's like at least give yourself a chance. I have lots of couples coming into you know into coaching, and I don't ever see them together. Why not? When we start, the opportunity is that we see them together, but it's never actually transpired that way because both so you of them, offer, You suggest that. Okay. So my suggestion is. I see you separately first. And when we feel like coming together, which could be on the second session, it could be on the 10th se- session, but when we feel like coming together, we will. But originally, I want to hear from both of you, what's really going on for you? Cause we don't know what's going on so for you. So deep down think, Oh, he's
0: a bit of a dickhead or Never. Oh, no
1: wonder no. she's pain the ass. What, no. what, what goes through your mind? I sit there and I have a lot of compassion. And this is the thing. I listen to one of them. Then I meet the other one and I'm like, that's not who they've explained. Because this is what happens because you come into something with all the bad points and all of this, and then I meet the person. But this is the thing. It's like, I know how to ask the right questions to go, okay, so what's really going on for you here? And then I get to it. So for me, there's only ever compassion because I get to hear all of their wounds and all. Of that. And that even if the, the husband or wife at the other eye go, well, so what? They just need to sort their shit out. And it's like, this doesn't just get sorted out. Yeah. You know, just like that because we expect them to be a man and man up. It's like, we, we've got deep work to do here. Okay, so let's that. say he goes,
0: I, I got caught cheating seeing escorts because I was traumatised as a child. Yeah. The f- wife will say, I don't give a fuck. Get well, out of my house. That's fine. You know? Yeah. If, is
1: it if, as if, an excuse? is he making an excuse yes is he though is it not true for him that that's exactly his experience should we excuse behavior so it's not about whether she excuses it or not but it's about so so for her if she spends her life going fucking asshole and just paining herself with that experience what benefit is that to her Mm. you know to to live her life that angry Mm. If she can understand, okay, I'm not choosing to be with him, but I can see that there was, there was a lot of stuff that went on in his childhood that would, you know, maybe he heard his mum. I've heard this before. Go saying on, what have that, you heard well, before? Well, I've, I've heard, you know, you know, a, a guy that I knew, very good looking. Um, we were around 20 when I met him and an absolute just ladies man sleeping with loads of women. We were working in Greece at the time. Did you shag him, later? No, I actually, <laughs> no, because I don't. I, you know, he tried, but I, I don't because for me, I want the ones that aren't messed up. I can yeah. see that. So I was the girl that goes, no. You're celibate then, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I met him years later. Yes. And I actually did kiss. Him that time because he wasn't doing all of that stuff yeah, that was that. but anyway but then I and then I met him even more years later so 16 and years after this event then. yeah he was married by then right oh. so at this point when I met him later on I was already in this work and we sat and we talked about the the Lothario at 20 he was on a reality show at the time that was oh, just yeah. All stuff. yeah and he said to me the message that he got in childhood was from his mum all men cheat so that's uh. what he did yeah yeah so okay. That's what he believed. That's right. his belief system. So we hear this you know, men are arsehole, men are this. Why do they do that? These are all belief systems that are ingrained in us. And the more that we talk shit about men, the more shit men will be. Well, what the think thinks the approve, yeah. approves. Right, exactly. okay.
0: Just on cheating, though, that's really interesting because I wrote a column for the Daily Mail recently that went viral about yes. the three reasons men cheat. Yeah. And one was lack of connection. Yeah. Um. The other one was you, women had an affair and their ego couldn't handle it. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was lack of foreplay. Now, yeah. why... I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel, right? So why would, did that go viral? Why are people so fascinated about the reasons men cheat? It was a blockbuster of a column. Like yeah. it, it's like a, people have talked about this. The cows come home. Yet still, women—I presume yeah. mostly women—read it. Yeah. Want to know why?
1: Why do you think yeah. men cheat? I think that connection one is is huge. It's absolutely huge. And even when I read your one about women, Mm. they're still looking for something as well. So it's like, regardless of the lang, you know, the exact wording of it, it's like we're all looking for something to make us feel better. Mm. And we blame each other for not making us feel better, but ultimately we're looking. So even if you look at the whole connection thing, the reason we don't feel connected. And are looking for connection is because we are not connected within ourselves. Again, that's a little bit deep, but there's so many you know wounds in us that are unhealed that there's a disconnection within self, and we believe someone else is going to make us feel. And it's connected.
0: so it's so hard because let's say you do all the work on yourself and you meet someone and they've done nothing. So yeah, what do you do? Like, what do you do then? Well, if
1: if you're evolved enough, let's yeah, say, yeah. you might still be able to date them. And you may help them through that process. They may go and get help because they can see the change in you. More realistically is those people are less likely to get together. And what you find is that people... Are on people that are together are usually on the same level of consciousness as each other, and they and people sit there go, no, no, I'm much more self-aware than my partner because I hear this all the time Mm. in coaching, and it's Mm. like you are the fact that you're even displaying and blaming them for someone you're actually you're you're exactly where you're meant to be with each other. Mm. The minute someone can sit there in coaching and go, I'm taking full responsibility for how I feel when he does when he doesn't take the rubbish out, I get really triggered, and I know that that's my own triggers because. I've got a thing around people doing things for me that makes me feel like I'm cared for because of what happened in charge of service. Yeah. yeah, That's a person that is, you know, evolved enough to see that. Whereas if someone's coming in going, they're not doing the work on themselves, blah, and they're just having a rant about it, it's like, mate, (laughs) you're exactly together in your own, you know, your own levels. And it's And that's hard to hear. Yeah, it is. They they don't like that one. (laughs) But it's but it does make people think then, and then they go, Oh God, actually. Well, I have start taking responsibility. Well, tell now. us some
0: of your success stories. So, so tell us some client stories. I mean, I always talk about my client stories. Yes, yes. yes. So let's hear some of yours. Yeah. So, tell us some.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so one that um, is a real sort of beautiful one for me is actually the the whole relationship coaching. So, as I said, don't see them separately. See see them alone. Every single couple that I've I've had I've coached with, whether they've broken up during the process, they have got back together. So this right. is so one of the 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 greatest you know stories that really warms my heart is is of a couple that came to me for coaching. Um we did it separately and it and it didn't end. Halfway through the sessions the relationship was ended so by one of them. So they came
0: to you separately, you didn't see them together.
1: Yes. Right. So it was couples but seen separately. Yeah. Yeah. And so halfway through one of them broke up with the other one. And what happened during that process was after that breakup, there was a lot of sadness for the one that had been broken up with. And we worked and we worked and we worked with them. You know, they were they were fine. They were resigned to the fact that this was over. And we worked and we carried on working on their self-worth and all the stuff that they were kind of leaning on the other person for because of their own insecurities. And as we built, as they built up their own self-worth again, they got married very recently. Aww, so that was a real I like, Hope you went to the wedding. I, I didn't oh, make it, but it was, yeah. That for lovely. me, I don't, I don't need to go to the wedding. You know, for me, that is everything to kind of really see that, you know, there's two people that have come together with the struggle. The minute, you know, that one is, well, they're both doing the work, but the one is, is kind of then going, okay, I'm on my own again. I'm I'm independent. I've got to, you know, really start to get over these insecurities because even if I'm with them or I'm not with them, this is going to haunt me for the rest yeah. of my life based on some incidents that happened so basically in basically do the work
0: do yeah. the work yeah. and it's conf- and it's hard cuz I've done the yeah. work with you. Yeah. Um okay, well, about my I mean I used to come to you when I was I still working when I I was still yes. working. What was yes. what was my What was my issue that I couldn't find love or I wanted to find love?
1: Something around that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Do you think it's possible for women in my industry to be a sex worker? I know it's hard for you to answer because you haven't been a sex worker and you're not a sex worker. But to find, to to work and be in a relationship. I know some women do it very successfully. I
1: couldn't. Do you think it's possible? Well, you say some people do it successfully, so it is possible. Mm. It's like people say to me as a coach, Anita, with all the stuff you know, how do you, how do you meet anyone? Well, how do you? It meet must it? be so hard. And it's like, when I do, I do. And when I don't, it doesn't matter. And this is the thing. There's nothing hard about the choices that I'm making. I'm choosing to prioritize doing this work rather than spending all my time trying to look for someone because I know that looking for someone and finding someone is not the answer to my happiness. Only I You're can such a happy that. single. I, I love it. But I was happy in a relationship as well. And this is the thing that people kind of go, oh, you've got commitment issues, you've got that. And I'm like, I'm very committed to, to the work. And if, if I meet people within that time, I fall in love all the time. Like I fall in love <laughs> We fall in love, so love every time. morning, don't <laughs> we? We fall in love every morning. <laughs> but I literally, I've met guys that I have told them I've loved them in the first day. So I don't oh, have any... My. And what do they say? They get a bit freaked out, but usually, always, I've always got an I love you back once they, once the dust has settled. Because it's like, who the fuck says that? But how do you know you love them? Because I'm just like, I've connected with this person. Oh, okay, I've, had so you're you're, expressing I've had a deep conversation and it's literally like, uh, right. you know, I, I, in this moment, yeah, I love you. And then it, it maybe hasn't eventuated into anything. But it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I haven't shared something very special with them. And that's the thing. I'm not afraid to say that. And I'm not afraid to say it and not get it back. And I'm not afraid to say it and it not be a relationship. And that's that the biggest protection in life, keep your heart open. We think it's close away, shut yourself down. That ain't protection. That's just self-sabotage. That's just that's Well, I, you know, you've hit on something there because
0: one of the reasons I became Samantha was because I what I felt I wasn't good at intimacy. Yeah. I wasn't good at relationships. Yeah. I wasn't good at being in love or yeah. being loved. Mm-hmm. So being Samantha and having those snapshots of intimacy. I felt was the, ro- was the safest way for me yeah. to connect with a man, yeah. you know, an hour, two hours, a day, a week, whatever the appointment was, yeah. for me that felt safe yeah. because I walked away with my heart intact, yeah. with cl- very clear boundaries yeah. and no risk
1: of being hurt, yeah. you know. And it's like, it's still you though. Yeah, no. Samantha well, I, is, But you've just given yourself some meaning. You've given yourself a different name. Your name, Amanda, is as much of a label as your name, Samantha. Mm-hmm. So you've given yourself some meaning to allow you to go into that job, to do what you did, but it's still you. You're still your only point of reference.
0: True, true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's confronting, but it's true. I mean, I tried to I thought I was hiding behind the Samantha. You know, and in a way I was, because I you know, I know that you say I'm the same, I'm just the one person. Samantha behaved differently to Amanda. You know, I've always said Samantha was way more confident than Amanda is. But that's still you. Yeah, it's a part of me. It's a part of a part of of me that came out with Samantha. Exactly. Um with Let's say my experience in escorting and the fact I spent 10 years disconnecting. Is it possible then to reconnect? Is, is it possible for people like me in the industry, maybe, who feel they've done too much damage to their perception of intimacy, okay. perhaps, to then be open to falling in love, because I, you know, I, I, I need to. I feel I need to thaw out from disconnecting. Okay, and
1: that's hard. Yeah, and so in this moment, how do you feel about that? Sad. Yeah. You know, I feel sad that I've.
0: Um, You're going to make me cry again. <laughs> Anita and I had a great session on the beach, actually, and I, I never cry. You know, I very rarely cry. Anita had me in floods of tears. Um, and I'm not doing it this time. This is my podcast. I'm supposed to be making you cry. It's coming. I know it's coming. Okay, blink back the tears. Um, yeah, I feel sad because I feel that... I've, I've been, pres- what I feel is preserving myself and I've missed out on opportunities. Let's say I, I didn't become Samantha and, and a part of me wishes I hadn't become Samantha, you know, and I'll be honest, a part of me wishes I hadn't done that because it's sort of, um, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of the word. Postponed. not postponed, but it's sort of like frozen in time, my issues. And of course, my issues are still there.
1: You know, I still sure. am fearful of relationships, but how do you know, had you not become Samantha, that you wouldn't still have frozen your issues true, in some
0: way? True. I mean, I disconnected before yeah. that as well, yeah. you know, for many reasons. Yeah. It's yeah. very complex. Yeah. So, what's the solution? How do we be happy? How do people, how do people be happy? Because so, there seems so, to be so, so much so, loneliness so for around.
1: you. Be oh, sad. No, don't but, make it. Make well, it. Be sad first, Amanda, because mm. you want connection. You want to find that. Mm-hmm. If you're not, don't we all want connection, though? We're not talking about anyone oh. else here. <laughs> we're talking about you. But it's true. It's like the more that you can connect into those tears and that point of sadness, there's your connection, and there's your freedom to potentially make a choice of whether you want to be with someone or not. Because at the moment, it's maybe not a choice. It's just uh, I'm in protection mode. I need mm. to thaw out. The only way you thaw out is through that becoming water. And that's kind of that's like... What, very true. Yeah. That's very true. What is required here for you. Yeah, yeah. that's we, really true. Water, as we talked about, the ocean. That's yeah, what made you cry f- last time. Yeah, freedom. fear. Being freedom. freedom. Yeah, okay, water. that's enough. Tears, okay. clearing. There you go. <laughs> that's really
0: true. <laughs> what do you wish people knew? Like, what would be your golden nuggets of information to people listening who are maybe single, who are maybe in relationships, unhappy relationships, who are maybe wanting to break up but don't have the balls to do it? who may be cheating, who may have been cheated on? What's the bottom line thing for them? What
1: would you want them to take away from this? If you don't understand yourself, go and get some help. And people may go, I do understand myself. But when I say understand self, and this is to be really clear on this, it's do you know what is holding you back? Do you have self-worth issues? Do you have self-trust issues? Do you feel unsafe? You know, do you feel like you don't belong? What are those core issues? And this is the key thing: is finding out where they started from. What do you mean? This is like, you know, I have a client. He's got, you know, a lot of stuff around safety. What physical safety? Yeah, he he feels like he's he's fearful of death, let's say, but he's scared for his, you know, his 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 health every day of his life, let's say. Is he healthy? Um, he's, he's just like a normal, healthy and not healthy, but the minute he's got a cold or something, he's freaking himself out. Oh, he's I can die. relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so for him, as we coach and we go back to where did his safety and survival stuff start, he's got a memory of getting lost in a supermarket at the age of three. And that is so ingrained into him, embedded into him, that that started his unsafety belief, a deep belief that he's unsafe. And then he comes into coaching at the age of nearly 40 and he's got no idea that 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 memory is what's been running him his whole life. Okay, so now he knows that, then what? Do you go
0: back to being a three-year-old child and deleting and rewinding and then going back? I mean, how do you you do a
1: little bit of that, but that's not necessarily going to change your whole life. I mean, this is like, you know, anxiety, you know, all of this stuff. So so the work with, with him has been, so once we can see this stuff has happened to us and we cry as much as we need to cry or do whatever we need to do through that process, this is now a time of starting to change your habits. Yeah, because we can get to a point where we've fully exhausted all of our understanding of our childhood, but we're still running anxiety. So now it's, you know, because anxiety is so familiar that the system, the body, the mind just looks for it every day because it's familiar. What's a dangerous situation for me? So what's a dangerous yeah. situation? You know, going to work, you know, how am I going to get there? You know, how am I going to drive to this what venue? What if I have a car crash? What if I have a car crash? What if I have a heart attack? What if the- I have, yeah. you know, all well, of that stuff. I can stuff. Really
0: totally right, this.
1: Yeah. So this is the stuff where, where it's, it, you know, this work starts, to you know, really begin of starting to really pay attention to exactly what we're saying to ourselves, and starting the process of changing that. And the only way we can change it is by starting to be aware of it and to see it, because most of the time it's running, and we got any idea because it's been on repeat for so many years. So it's about now bringing attention. So as I'm driving along. That thought starts, maybe my heart starts racing. So it's like, okay, my heart's starting to race now. What's happening in my mind? Paying attention to that. And then what? And then what you do within that, now you can see it, you've got more of a chance now of changing it. You can even have a chat with yourself of going, this has got nothing to do with here and now. This is this program that has been running me since I was three years old and I got lost in a supermarket. And this is kind of the thing, you are constantly having a conversation with yourself about how you're not actually fearful because you're perfectly safe in this moment. You're alive, you're breathing, there's no problem. fear, fear uh,
0: uh, Fear is the future. Yes, and it doesn't. And everything yes. I've been fearful for yes. about everything yes. I've been fearful about
1: hasn't actually happened. Exactly, and the stuff that you haven't anticipated has happened. Exactly, <laughs> that's that's what happened. So it's like there's no point in worrying about it because you're never going to know what's unless you're a real psychic, not just some yeah. of these pretend ones. Yeah, what's actually
0: going <laughs> to? There are some good ones out there, there are some but good it's ones. it's so true what you say because I'm a massive hypochondriac and. You know, if I have a headache, I say I've got a brain tumour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I feel nauseous, I've got stomach cancer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the ironic thing is, yeah. is that when I was 30, I actually had a stroke mm-hmm. and I dealt oh, with it you know on that? my chin. I just thought, okay, mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm fine. I'm actually, And I even said to the doctor, I don't need to be in hospital anymore. I'm fine. I had to stay in the stroke unit for a week. They found Amazing. a hole in my heart. Oh my they fixed it. I've got a device in my heart. But I dealt with it so well. Amazing. So when something, when something life-threatening did happen to me, I just got on with it. You know, and now I'm back to what if I have a heart attack when I'm driving? What if my indigestion's a heart attack? What you know? What if? What if? It's the
1: fear I'm it's scared fear. of. But what is the benefit to you of telling yourself that stuff in that moment? What of what? What's the what's the benefit of me being scared? Of yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I want to look after myself. There I want to be go. healthy. There you go.
1: You know. So the minute that we're thinking about any of these things in the future, we're anticipating something. It's because we're trying to keep ourselves safe. So it's a it's a it's a strategy. Right. It's not necessarily great, and it's not necessarily a hundred percent useful. But in that moment, it's serving a purpose to keep you safe. So this is the thing. Once we can see that that's what it is, then we can start to find a new strategy that's going to be a little bit more helpful. For example. To you. Well, it's again, it's like seeing, okay, so how are other ways that I can keep myself safe? So telling yourself a different story again. So if something arises for you and you think you're going to have a headache, and I think, oh my God, what if it's a brain tumour? Then where do I I go with that? Well, then you go, you have a chat with yourself, take some breaths. I've been here before. I had a stroke once and I survived that stroke. I've got everything I need within me to be okay If I do. And some of the time it is saying to yourself, I give myself full permission to have something wrong with me right now. No, I don't. I know. This is what I do with people having panic attacks, though. Like this is literally people go, There's no way I'm gonna tell myself that. How can I give myself permission that I'm gonna have a panic attack? If you sit there and someone's having a panic attack, they're short of breath. Yes, you know, I'm gonna die. If you say to yourself, I give myself full permission to be experiencing this right now, you might just relax. Like okay. literally, so, so reverse psychology. Deal with it head on. Yeah. because Come on then, bring it on. Give me
0: it. Bring okay. it on. Okay, it's I like, love that because yeah. I used to have terrible panic attacks. And it's like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Please don't have a panic yeah. attack. I can't have a panic yeah. attack. I can't have a panic yeah. attack. Yeah. And then boom, I have a panic attack. There you go. So yeah. you're saying accept that you're having a panic attack. No, sense. number Except. one, no, it's a panic attack. Yeah. No one's ever died from a panic attack. Yeah. It is just adrenaline shooting through your body. Yeah. And yeah. you will be okay, you know. Yeah yeah permission permission to have That's an that's like
1: such a, you know permission for anything like this is this is again people go Anita you're crazy saying that but this was for me when I first started having coaching when I first started training I had a coach at the time and I've had a lot of stuff around eating all my life, eating disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was only me at the time, right? But, <laughs> but um, so that was, that's basically been my whole life. And then I've, I've done therapy for eight years and I've overcome a lot of it, but there's still, you know, you know, it's still like a bit like an alcoholic with, with a bottle of alcohol near them. It's the same with me and chocolate, for example. And so it's like always in recovery, right? And so this was a, a few years ago and this coach said to me, can you give yourself permission to eat as much chocolate as you like? And I was like, no fucking way. Are you joking? I'm going to be obese. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you even saying to me? Because I've spent my whole life telling myself not to have it, not to have it. Right. And then I'm eating it anyway, right? So then I was like, no way. What came away from this session? And then a few days later, I had a little bit of a think about it. And I was like... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start telling myself that. And my relationship with food has never been healthier since that point. Tell me why. Because I would have the chocolate whenever I wanted it, as much as I wanted. And I wouldn't berate myself for it afterwards because I give myself permission. And the difference was I'd wake up the next day and I wouldn't have even thought about the fact that i am eaten chocolate it my past has been the minute I've had a binge the next day I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world I'm judging myself and then I'm stuffing my face again to, to uh, stop so, the judgment it's so food and emotion and yeah. guilt is yeah. all tied yeah. in isn't it absolutely because what it does is the minute that we're stuffing that 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 in our face we're now shutting off from our thinking mind and our self-talk and we're now in presence in the moment of these beautiful sensations of the food in the mouth that lasts a second and then the, the, the judgment guilt, gives the it. Guilt. So now I need some more. Yeah. Whether it's cigarettes, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether yeah. it's our phone, whether it's whatever our vapes, whatever it is that we've got a problem with, it's purely there to help us to break the state of torture, of self-talk, of judgment. So that for me was life-changing. And and ever since then. Like my weight has never been as, as stable as it as it was from that point. And I do have times where I go, oh, I've probably had a little bit too much chocolate. You know, yeah, I yeah. have those moments where I go, okay. How much is too what's... much? I'm
0: intrigued.
1: Well... I had this thing with my eyes recently. Do you remember we we spoke about it? Where a friend pointed out that that my eyes were looking like there was the whites were a little bit yes. off white, and straight away I have a little Google. It might be something to do with the liver. And at that time I had been, you know, So oh, you know, I said you that, could be sunburned on your eyes. Uh, I Too could much be as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so from that point, that was when I go, okay, there's something here that maybe maybe it'll be nice to 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 do to do some sort of cleanse, to eat a bit healthier. I've been a bit you know, not great with my diet and, you know, there's been a lot going on. I've been a bit lazy and I've been eating more processed foods, let's say. So from the next day, straight on, just clean foods, making, you know, foods at home, drinking some juices and the eyes start going white again. Checking in with my friend, how the eyes start, like, oh my God, you know, they're changing. So it's, it's things like that it's going, but it's not like, whereas before it would be I'm going to just live on a can of tuna a day, you know, because yeah. I've had all of this chocolate. And now it's just that thing where every now and again, there might be a little reminder to go, but it's not, it doesn't come with all the guilt and all of the judgment and all of the rest of it. It's literally like, right. That's really good advice. Yeah. I never used to put on weight. I was
0: anorexic I when I was younger I and I, I stuffed my metabolism up because I went, after I went on my first diet okay. and I, I had no reason to diet. Yeah. I decided I was going to live off those Slim Shakes. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, soon yeah, as I mean, did that yeah. as a teenager, I fucked my metabolism yeah. up, you know, yeah. and then my weight fluctuated. Then I became lost so much weight. Yeah. I wouldn't eat, just eat a tomato for lunch. Oh, yeah. And now I'm more, I'm healthier yeah. because I, I like you. I just eat what I want when I want. If I'm not hungry, I don't eat. And if yeah. I'm hungry, I eat. Yeah. You know, I could, great. I could eat less processed food. Yeah. I just eat when I'm hungry. I eat relatively
1: healthy. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing. It's looking at (coughs) what's my relationship to this thing. And that's what's really important. And it's like, you know, some people go out drinking occasionally and that's fine. But if someone's using the drink or the food or whatever because they need it, because, you know, to, to kind of quieten that that self-talk, that's when there's something to to really look at there. And this is really key. So whenever I'm doing this work with people, it's not working on stopping, I'm just going to stop the food or I'm going to stop the vaping or I'm going to stop the smoking or I'm going to stop the alcohol. It's about looking at the judgment because we can stop things. We can give ourselves rules that we're never going to look at our phone again or look at the, you know, smoke a vape or eat any chocolate. <coughs> But we're missing what's going on in here that's driving us to... And we're so hard on ourselves, aren't we? That's something I've learned
0: about myself. I'm extremely hard on myself. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Marriage is dead as we know it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. But, you know, I always say if men keep on getting married, escorts will always be in business. So let's hope they do keep on getting married. Um, Just with marriage, though, Anita, you know, couples that have unconventional relationships, polygamous... Yeah um non-ethical monogamous is that a, is that a thing too to run us through some of those and if they can work or not or is one person always feeling left out or feeling they should do it because their partner wants to do it and I'll give you an example of that yeah. when i was working and let's say a married a married couple would book me or a couple would book me i always i only would see them if i'd spoken to the woman if the man just booked me i wouldn't see them but I'd make, i would might i want to make sure that the woman is, is on board with this that she's yeah. not just doing it to please her husband yeah. to be seen as sexy whatever because yeah. that is the worst yes. for any woman in my position yeah. but you might you may you know you're just keeping the man happy and it's not yeah. about him at all it's about the woman but in your experience is it one-sided in these
1: relationships I want to ask what they told you because I'm, oh. I'm intrigued by that myself <laughs> well I
0: saw a few married couples in my time yeah um I look and one man did make an appointment and I wouldn't see him because he wouldn't let me speak he says oh yeah the wife's fine about it and I well, said no I want to speak to your wife yeah but it's funny though because nine times out of ten it was the wife that contacted me um, so what was her reason for contacting you? We want to spice up our life. Okay. Yes, our sex yes, life. Yes, yes. Um, and yeah. quite often, you know, you know, the bizarre thing is, it w- again, we hardly ever had sex. It was the wife was yeah. just wanting to talk to me and meet me. And, and okay. you know, and the husband would just be filling up our glasses, like be, quite often feeling very left out. Yeah. You know, yeah. the wife and I would just be having a chumagra like I am with yeah. you now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, so the way that I, I see this is, if healthy individuals can make that work, then it will work. But if they're not healthy, because it's, it's, we can sort of put it under an umbrella and, and say, you know, people can do this, but it's like, what's the intention for wanting to do it in the first place? And are people healthy enough to be okay with those dynamics? And so the way that I see it is more and more now, it's going to be more of a thing. And there probably will be as the generations come With up. this young
0: generation coming up, they're I all into so. that, aren't yeah. they?
1: And I think all this stuff around, you know, all of these, these new genders and stuff, it's like we're the old fuckers now that are resisting this stuff. Just as when we were children, we would go, our parents don't understand us. So the, 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 the most healthy thing we can do as adults is to accept that our ways of, of working in the world are outdated now. They ain't working anymore. And this younger generation, as always, is teaching us. And I heard something, you know, really amazing the other day, uh, which is a quote that was, uh, I absolutely loved, which is learn to think like children. Don't try and teach children to think like you. Yeah. Because as these kids are coming into this world, as we did, they're coming in fresh. We're the ones that have got this unresolved stuff that we're not, we're not, we're not understanding about us and we're trying to change them and influence them to fit into a model. It's outdated. Mm. So if they, you know, if people want to have open relationships and multiple partners and they're okay with that and it works healthily, then great. But if you're going into it and you've got all your self-worth stuff and all your jealousy and all that, it ain't going to work. So again, it's an individual You know, it's not a blanket rule. It's like, if you've got your shit together and you're truly happy to do it, not just trying to please someone, Mm. then sure. And some people go into it and maybe not know what they're getting themselves into again. So it's like, just because you said you're doing it, go into it, see how it is, but make sure you are communicating with all parties. Okay. All of the time. Yeah, okay, that's great. And I've got a question for you.
0: So let's say you go into a relationship like that and you're like, yes, we can have an open relationship. Yes, I'm on board with that. And then you try it and it's really not for you. However, your partner's really into it, but you love your partner. Do you just let them do it and just turn a blind eye? Or
1: what's your advice to couples going through that or to anyone going through that? Do what's true for you. If you're okay to turn a blind eye, then turn a blind eye. If you're sitting and you're suffering... Have that conversation. And if that conversation leads to we're no longer matching in this anymore, then free yourself. Don't yourselves. be afraid to walk away. Yeah, free Stay yourself. true to yourself.
0: That's a really good, yeah. you know, stay true to yourself. Yeah. I really yeah. believe trust, in that.
1: Trust yourself.
0: Trust yeah. that everything will be okay and that you are okay as you are. Exactly. I see a lot of couples, or I have seen couples where I, I can tell, not even necessarily as Samantha, where, I, you know, I've spoken to couples that um, I can tell one's into it and one's not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would be for me, that would be so hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm a jealous person anyway. I know that yeah. about myself. Yeah. I haven't done the work on that. In this.
1: Well, it's, 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 a, it's a thing to, to see as well. If there is jealousy there, then there is an opportunity for that person to go and work on their jealousy stuff and for that all to be okay. Mm. But it's if, if it's there and it's, you know, it's not comfortable and you don't want it, it doesn't have to be ugly. It can just be, you know, have those conversations, mm. or, you know, if they want to do that. There's an opportunity to go and meet someone that is more matched to, to where you're at, at that point and for them to find someone. It doesn't have to be ugly. And that's the thing. Fear is what keeps us in something mm. because we, yes. you know, often we're fearing that it's going to be so bad, but sometimes the fear is so much greater than the actual reality of it. And I know that from my own experience of of, of relationships, of staying in something, because I, I couldn't imagine life you know without it and actually when it happened it was so freeing for both of us Mm. and it was it was something that, you know, I've gone on and, and made this life for myself over here in Australia and they're now happily, you know, with their kids and stuff. And it was just seeing, I thought that I wanted marriage and kids, but 10 years later, I still no, ain't don't. doing it and they did it straight Believe away. Me, so it's, it's like, who, who, was, who was it that actually wanted it and who didn't? Hello. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was in a relationship and I wasn't sure, I was too scared to leave because yeah. I thought, what if it's all in my head? I should want this relationship. He, you know, he provides for me. He's this, he's I should want it. It was very, wild. Picket fence, and I went to see a psychologist and I said, You know, what if the grass isn't greener? Mm -hmm. and they said, What if it is? I love that, yeah. And I just thought, You know what? Yes, yeah. And I say that to lots of people now when they're going through relationship issues. I thought maybe the grass is greener, and for me, it is greener, yeah. You know, I I feel like I escaped for want of a better word, and uh, I'm a much happier person for it because I was living true to myself. You know, necessarily the white picket fence. May suit lots of women out there, it doesn't suit me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it takes a while to get to that, to, yeah. to allow yourself yeah. to be okay with that. Exactly. And to fight against the norms of society. Exactly. But with the gender thing, you're right. I feel like, you know, oh, this gender bullshit, you know, I, I struggle with it sometimes. But I said to someone the other day, am I just an, getting old? Well, we are. Yeah.
1: We want, we want things to be permanent, we want things to be certain as we know them, and they're not. And it's like, how do we evolve as humans, as we have done throughout humanity, is by evolving. And this whole thing, you know, there's this whole fight now for masculinity to stay and all of this. And it's like, if we don't need the men to be as masculine as they used to be, because it's just not required anymore. Let them be whoever the fuck they want to be. Mm. Let them be emotional. Let them be vulnerable. Let them cry. Well, I see them like that. Exactly. Exactly. So it's there within them. So let them be that. But there's so and it, it's a compassionate again for the masculine that are trying to protect the masculinity. You know, it's not to 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 it's not to judge that, but it's also, again, it's seeing that even those people that are really holding those strong views around it, It's outdated now. If we needed it to be like that, it would be. But what we're seeing an increase on is people becoming more emotionally intelligent, more emotional, more, more able to express emotions as men, which isn't the masculine that we needed before to hunt and gather. We don't need that anymore. I, I actually do. I like an alpha. <laughs> I, I like an alpha male. <laughs> but do you like them to, to also be able to talk to you as well and to be able to, yeah. to tell you how they feel? Yeah, but I need them to go. fix stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, but that's balance, rather yeah. than too masculine or too feminine. Yeah, it's like, yeah. let's be balanced human beings that can do that, but also do mm. do do what's true. Inside.
0: I mean, I think I'm old-fashioned because I like men to do shit for me. Yeah, that's okay. You know, I think I like men being, you know, looking after me. And yeah. not necessarily talking financially, but I like. Yeah. Being a girl and, yeah, and you know yeah, having yeah. a man look after me, but I'm just wondering—is yeah. that outdated these well, days? Well, that,
1: the thing is, is 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 to be okay with wanting that, but not to expect it, right? Because the more expectation we have on them to do that, the times when they're not feeling that great and they're not able to do it because we can't do it for ourselves, we're now incomple. Our incompleteness is now having an expectation of someone to complete us to make us feel better. No one can make us feel better but us. And that's the thing so Anita with
0: with dating apps like it's like ordering McDonald's isn't it like yeah. so, or Uber Eats for dating is yeah. that why is that one of the reasons you think that people are men particularly i'm not actually that's not true <laughs> yeah, it's not it's, particularly it's men not, is it no. uh, cheat because it's so easy because it's like ordering t- everything's so disposable for us and we order in someone we order out so you know what do you think
1: i think that we have always cheated I don't think that this this may have brought more awareness to what's going on, but I don't think. Do you mean dating apps? Yes, yes, dating apps. I don't think that that dating apps have created a problem within humanity that wasn't already there. Because if, if we go if we go beyond what cheating is all about for men and women, a lot of the time it's a need for validation. Because we're all insecure. Because we're all insecure. (laughs) We're not not worthy. We're disconnected. So I I think those problems have always been there. And so all that's happening- More under the carpet. More more under under the carpet. Yeah. Now we've got social media. Now we've got ways of of stalking each other, of tracking things. Now we get to see more. It wasn't- I think this is the thing. Social media, dating apps, all the rest of it have not created- They're not to blame for our problems. What is- It's coming back to our own self-awareness, our own deep wounds, our own insecurities. So it's like, it's very easy. And again, this is said with complete compassion, it's very easy to blame outside of ourselves for things not being right within us. And this is the kicker. It's not to say now that we need to blame ourselves, but it's again, it's about acknowledging that there's something within me that is feeling incomplete. Wounded, insecure, unworthy. That requires me to go on and seek validation from, from elsewhere. So dating apps don't cause people to cheat. No. Dating apps don't cause people to cheat. Phones don't cause people to cheat. Social media don't cause. All of these things don't cause our, pro- if they were all abolished. The young secretary we would still flirting have, with the boss. Yeah. Does that,
0: yeah. Co- does that make it? E- exactly right
1: it's that it's the same thing with this whole um thing about comparison social media is really bad because of comparison it's like take away the social media walk out on the street You'd be comparing yourself to the next person on the street 100%. because of comparison. Like I see this when I'm with um young kids that I've been you know, around quite a lot at the moment. They don't have social media. They're four years old. Their competitiveness and their comparison is playing out as two best friends. Sisters, for example, myself and my sister, jealousy stuff, that started, we didn't need a phone or social media. They don't need them now either, and they don't have them, but that's where it starts there. And then you get your phone, so it just carries on on your phone or on the street. It's not... The problems are not outside of us. They're already within us and then they're projected out onto social media. And the thing is, this is what I always say, if if those things weren't uh, advantageous to them, if, if we didn't like them, they wouldn't do well. They wouldn't be used. <laughs> the fact that we're using stuff and then blaming it as the problem, is it just an excuse? Well, it's, it's, it's a misunderstanding. Like you will hear lots of podcasts and lots of people say social media is bad, dating apps are bad. We're saying they're bad, yet we're still using them. So so start to see what's the positive in me using them and what's the positive there. I want some validation. I feel like shit. Right. My dad used to tell me I was ugly or fat, and now I go on social media with this picture of me that's slightly distorted and, feels- and people are liking yeah. liking me. I feel yeah. like a, you know, an accepted human being now. I look like those models on magazines. Yes. So that's it. So it's seeing that's the positive for you it makes you feel good, even if only for a moment. So give yourself some love. Go back and you know resolve that trauma that you had when your dad was telling you you were fat and ugly. That's the stuff to work on. And then we have all these dating apps and social media and we can use them and see the, the great advantages of all these gurus that we can watch, you know, of all this beautiful stuff we can see, how we do a lot of work through our, our phones, you know, a lot of us, how we connect beautifully with people. You know, I live across the, the, the world from my family. I've never been so connected to my family through WhatsApp than when I was living, you know, down the road from them. So it's like, stop, we've got to stop demonizing what's actually not a problem for us. Anita, why are we so lonely? Okay, you ready for this one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Keep me out of this one.
1: <laughs> so loneliness was the number one coaching topic that uh-huh. brought me my most clients that really kick-started my business during lockdown. Tell me more. So people were coming to me because there was no choice but to be at home.
0: Very confronting for people. Very confronting on well, their we own. I mean, we all struggled, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Some yeah. more than yeah. others though.
1: Yeah. I actually loved it personally. Yeah. But only thanks to all of the work that I've done. And I used to sit there and go, thank you that I've chosen to do this work because this has given me not only the most business, you know, business-wise, but the mental capacity to actually enjoy that experience. Because it was a time where I was able to see how much work I'd done on myself to be okay through that process and also to be able to help so many people. So what did they, that so yep. loneliness was the number one yep. pe- reason people came to you as a coach. Yep. Why? And and so this is to say because some of them lived on their own and at home alone, and others because they lived in a house full of people, but they still felt lonely. Because Which is the, the worst the, kind of loneliness. The dynamics in, in the household. And so this is the thing, and people don't necessarily like to hear this, but this was so beneficial at that point. So when I would explore with the people living on their own, what was going on for them? So whilst they were on their own in the house, they just wanted to get out. They wanted to see people. They were angry. They were resentful. And so, you know, the, the experience they were having was, was so how do you know you're lonely? And they would sit there and i will go, well, because I'm on my own. Because I feel lonely. Because I feel lonely. And I'm like, how do you feel lonely? And then they might explain some stuff going on in their body, but mainly it was what they're saying to themselves. So when we tell ourselves something, we believe it. So if you're sitting...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well,
1: well, you are. If you tell yourself that right. and you're rich because your life is so full of right. beautiful things and friends and you know, whatever, you are rich. It's, what's your definition of rich? You don't need to have money in the But bank. what if people are lonely? So, so this is it, right? So this is really important. I know this is quite hard for people to get their heads around. Dumb it down for us. So if you are at home and you're telling yourself you're lonely and you're telling yourself that you want to be outside and you're angry and you're resentful and that you've got no one, of course you're going to feel lonely. And the thing is, is it's less about being lonely. And for them, it was more about getting out and see, being around people so they're no longer torturing themselves with their self-talk. So given that there was no choice, and this is, this is not being discompassionate to anyone, there are times in our lives where we are going to be on our own. The only thing that we've got when we're on our own is the capacity to change the self-talk. If you stop talking to yourself for a few moments, you will feel connected to everything as we are. I call it the lunatic in my head. Yes. So once the lunatic quiets down its voice and you look out the window and you look at a tree or you hear the bird singing, you're never not connected. The only thing that disconnects us and makes us feel lonely is our self-talk. So during that process with people at, at home on their own, they got really comfortable with being on their own because the minute they started to hear that, they would start to journal. They would write down all of the stuff that was going on in their head. They would inquire into that experience of where that. was. So just journaling from. work. If that's your thing to get it out, then get it out. Some people don't like it. I prefer talking. Like I, lo- I like voice notes. I voice notes. I know you do. Yeah, I, yeah I Voice yeah. Note yeah. my friends. They listen to it. They don't. It doesn't. I don't it. know how I've to do it. Out. That. I don't know how to voice <laughs> I just do it on WhatsApp. I like to talk more <laughs> right. than write. That's okay. always been my thing. Okay. And so for them, it's just getting it out and seeing what we're torturing ourselves with. So the fact that there'll be plenty of times these same people would be on their own and not feel lonely. So what's the difference between when you're on your own and not feeling lonely and when you're on your own and you're feeling lonely? What's going on in your head. What's going on in your head. And so, you know, some people are fully not lonely when they're on their own and other people, you'd be lying in bed next to someone talking to yourself about how much you hate them and how lonely you are, yet you are physically next to someone. So loneliness is a construct of mine. I think the
0: loneliest I've ever felt in my life was in a relationship that wasn't working, sleeping back to back, me yeah. crying myself to sleep every night, yeah. not getting any comfort from the other person. That is the loneliness. And now I live on my own. Yeah. No one's slept in my bed for many years yeah. now. And I'm not as lonely as I was then. You, you know, it's interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Anita, thank you so much. For your awesome. goal, you know, your wisdom. It, I, I find you so powerful in what you say. So it, you've really helped me reshape the way I think. It takes time to get used to it, to, yeah. to challenging myself, but yeah. you've really helped me with that. So thank yeah. you. Anita, where can people
1: find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram? So, Anita Temetsky. How do you spell that? A-N-I-T-A T-O-M-E-C-K-I and I always say if anyone would like to you know send me a DM or whatever um, I'm always happy to talk to people so feel free to to get in contact I'd love to hear from you I really recommend you um,
0: get in touch with Anita she's really helped me uh, the unhelpable I felt go through some
1: stuff navigate some tricky stuff so yeah I really want to acknowledge you Amanda as well because I've said this to you recently as well but I really do see so much change in you and it's not just Aww. I know, but it's not just you know stopping your work or whatever. It's actually you have you've got such commitment to this work and to doing this even more and more in the last few months. So really count yourself for everything that you're doing, and you know really seeing how your relationships are changing. And yeah, you are very hard on yourself, but I see that is easing, and I think just carry on doing everything you're doing. You're amazing, so I know you're dying to make <laughs> me
0: cry. <laughs> uh, that's she will a really. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really lovely thing to say thank yes. you well, it's thanks to you uh, people like you in my life who and you
1: have, though for, for seeking that out you thank came you. And, and found me right I did yeah. I came and found yeah. you yeah. yeah.
0: thanks for listening to this episode I'll be back next week with another interesting guest if you want to get in touch with me email me at samantha at samantharex dot com au you can also find me on instagram at goff official to stay in touch Thanks for listening to Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more to come. Episodes are released fortnightly and hit follow so you don't miss out. And for more goodness from your host, visit the show notes.